Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to One Up Delivered Through the Air podcast channel. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle, and joining me is Carl. Carl, we've done it two weeks in a row. How, how's it going? Feels weird. We, we promised and we delivered. I'm doing good, Guy. Thanks. How about yourself? I'm good. And the fit, the, the weirder thing is, it might even be three weeks in a row because I mean, we're gonna. It's one of our kind of new stories. We've got the Game Awards in. Thursday night for UK or uh, Friday morning, Thursday night on in UK time. So we'll we'll go through a bit before that. But um, we've got the one actual news story, um, and then we've got all the stuff we're going to talk about just before we get back into our uh, Xbox One and PS4 memories. But uh, the first news story, Carl. Yes. Yeah, so the one and only news story for today: enterprising developers are emulating PS2 games on the Xbox Series S and X. And this comes from Ian Carlos Campbell over on The Verge. So go over and read the full story there if you haven't already. And Ian writes, Developers have now made it possible to emulate PS2 games on the Xbox Series X and S using the RetroArch emulator, something that the PlayStation 5, a successor to the PS2, can't. Thanks to the Xbox Series X slash S console's developer mode, the emulation software can be added as a universal Windows application, UWA, allowing users to download a retail version of the emulation software directly to their console without tricky workarounds, so players don't have to wait for a re-release to play an older favorite. While RetroArch is able to emulate several different consoles, the compatibility for running PS2 games using the PCSX2 core is particularly notable because of how limited Sony's PlayStation 5 is when it comes to backwards compatibility compared to the Xbox. The new console is only natively backwards compatible with PlayStation 4 games, with some caveats, and Sony currently only offers the option to play PS3 and PS2 games using its PS Now game streaming service. It's worth mentioning that Microsoft 
Microsoft doesn't officially support this kind of emulation and PCSX2 support is still a work in progress, but the early results with RetroArch are exciting. Despite the limits imposed by a cap on file sizes, PS2 games do run at almost the same quality as they did on the original console. And you can read the full story, as I said, over on The Verge, which also includes instructions on how you can do this yourself if you're interested in it. So the Xbox Series consoles are backwards compatible with PS2, in inverted commas. What do you think of this one, Guy? Well, we just <laughs> it's it's what it's one thing the Xbox has got now. I mean backwards compatibility was a selling point and not <laughs> now accidentally they've beefed it up further with uh, taking over uh, taking on the PS two games and I think it's GameCube and Dreamcast and stuff I saw in another video today and it's why not? <laughs> why not? I'm sure um Sony aren't too happy about it because it's I don't think it's Microsoft designed it to do that. But it does, and until Sony, Nintendo, or um, whoever else like files a lawsuit or a cease and desist or whatever the hell the right terminology is, just keep it going. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be huge or anything like that because I mean most PS2 games that were probably going to have probably been remastered at some point, you'd think. But it's uh, it's uh, it's just a nice quirk, isn't it? Really. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen the Dreamcast and the GameCube stuff last week, and I know Dreamcast emulation has, has kind of improved recently, and the GameCube always seems to be the easier to emulate of, of that kind of era of consoles, so I thought that that was cool, but to see the PS2 um, running on the, the Xbox Series consoles, I, I just thought it was, it was worth bringing up on the show. Um, I mean, I... I've already talked about how I, I'd like to pick up a, a Series S eventually because I think it's great value, and I think this just kind of adds to that value. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be an active use user of emulators, but I have used emulators in the past to play games that are very difficult to find or weren't available in my region, particularly role-playing games. In the past, I'd because I like to be able to just plug it into my TV and play it there. In the past, I'd use my Mad Cat's Mojo, um, which I still have somewhere around here. I don't, <laughs> don't know where it is. But the idea, if I had a Series S, that I, I could use that instead um, is, is quite intriguing. You know, obviously, the, these consoles are, are yet to improve, but we know there's really solid emulation for, for older consoles like the... Um, the PS1 and the um, like, the SNES and the Mega Drive and the like. So it's a really cool option, and it's it's a nice little thing that um, I suppose. Well, they're never going to actively promote it as an emulation machine, Microsoft, because they can't for legal reasons, unless they're talking <laughs> about obviously their own games. But it is pretty cool little thing that, that I'm sure they're, they're quietly happy has been discovered because, you know, it means enthusiasts of this kind of thing are, are going to pick up an Xbox because the Series S does offer great value for for this purpose. Um, and it's just a little kind of stab at Sony that they haven't found kind of... I mean, there was at one point, I remember, when the, the hardware for the PlayStation 5 was first revealed in, in when Mark Cerny gave that... Um, 
very sleep-inducing presentation. Uh, there, there was speculation that, oh my God, maybe a PlayStation 5 can play all levels of PlayStation games, but now that, that doesn't seem to be the case. And, you know, although maybe long-term they'll add more to PlayStation Now, still PlayStation Now at the end, end of the day. So it, it, it is nice. And, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, a game-changer in the the current console war let's say but it's a a nice little thing for for xbox fans to to have at their disposal yeah it is it is it's just uh again it's it's probably an accident or it's either really smart acting <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 nothing huge is it as, as i said earlier but it's kind of funny that playstation of I don't even know if they have been trying, but the the backwards compatibility thing, it's obviously, it was nice news about the PS4 and is it some PS3 titles? Um, but it's <laughs> so Xbox doing it by accident. I mean, maybe it's just something they're more used to, but it, it, it is funny. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's barely been talked about, the, the developer mode for, for the Xbox Series consoles. I mean, when Microsoft announced it um, way back when, and then they seemed to backtrack it on a little bit, but then after backlash, they, they, they talked about it again. Um, it's nice that, you know, you don't have to go out and, like, if you're an actual prospective developer, you don't have to go out and, and try and get your hands on a an xbox series development kit your console can be a development kit if you'll just pay i think it's 19 dollars or whatever that equates to in euros and pounds it's like it's it's a very nominal one-off fee and then you have a dev kit there it's it's just nice that the developer mode alone is a nifty feature that that the xbox has that the, the playstation 5 doesn't so it's cool to see that and it's cool to see people using it in inventive ways and and of course inevitably the first thing people would use it for would be to break copyright laws as they do with everything but uh, <laughs> nonetheless it's it's a nifty little thing and it's it's funny when you think of it in the the context of the PlayStation 5's their lack of emulation abilities exactly exactly um but we'll move on. Do you want to do the two games, or do you want to do uh, the Game Awards next? Uh, let's move on to talking about the, the Game Awards, right. simply because I have that talk open. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we won't go through every category and stuff, because that'll end up taking us two hours, two hours added on to the other two hours. That'll probably happen with the the memories section. Um Let's just focus on Game of the Year, because that's the one that matters, really. Um, so the contenders are Animal Crossing New, Her- New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. I have played a bit of Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't really have much of a, an opinion on this. I know you've played Animal Crossing and The Last of Us. Did You, you started Ghost, didn't you? You played a bit of it. I played a bit of Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you play any of the others? I have not. Um, I recently purchased Final Fantasy VII Remake. In fact, I can see my copy from where I'm sitting. 
So I will get to that once I finish Horizon, but I've been a little distracted by another Final Fantasy game, but we'll we'll probably get to that at the end of the show. Um, But yeah, no, I think these are the obvious nominees. I I suppose maybe the one surprise is is Hades, given that it's Mm. an indie game but i mean it's a super giant games i i love super giant games i mean bastion is one of my favorite indie titles of all time i've heard amazing things about hades and i just can't wait till it's on consoles so mm. i can play it have it on my switch wish list so that as soon <laughs> as it releases on on I, I can pick it up um it i mean other than hades though it, it is kind of a an obvious list but with that said, I think it's difficult to call a winner. I mean, I think mm. it's probably between two, those being Animal Crossing New Horizons and The Last of Us Part 2. Really? But I think it's very tricky to, to decide between the two. I know, like, I think Mario, I'm going to go with Super Odyssey, won it a few years ago, if I remember correctly. But do you think... A game that is so popular with casuals like that, is it hard to get them to vote on something called the Game Awards, whereas people who played The Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima, they will be interested in the, the Game Awards. you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I understand it. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how the voting works for, um, like, how it's weighted, because I know, like, um, there's the panellists, and I, I gather their input has a much higher weighting than the the fan voting right and knowing the the kind of industry people that tend to be involved in these things while i'm sure a lot of them were were you know big fans of the last of us part two and and indeed you know these other most these other games i i think you just think of animal crossing and just what a big event game it was and how many of these people got on board like the, the entire gaming industry for the, virtually was playing this game and it was just massive and, and the fans as well so mm. I really you know if you gave me an a thousand a thousand euro free bet to place on the outcome I, I would I think I'd end up with a headache trying to decide between these two games because I, I do think it's it's too close to call I mean what's your uh, take, you know, I know, as you said, you didn't play either of these mm-hmm. games, but I mean, from the outside looking in, with, with what would your gut feeling be on what be selected? Or maybe you think uh, it could be another game, maybe Ghost of Tsushima that that has had uh, a lot of critical acclaim. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably make Last of Us the favorite because it's like the most hyped up sequel since like a Star Wars film. That's pretty much like that's the first thing that came in my head. Um, so I'd probably make that the favorite, but a few of the a few lads obviously play uh, PlayStation a lot more than me, and um, on Twitter and all that jazz, they they, they mentioned that Ghost of Tsushima is probably their game of the gen, which is obviously huge praise. Um, I mean, I played a little bit of it. It's strange for me because obviously playing it on the PlayStation. I am very picky. <laughs> like, if I get distracted and go back on the Xbox, that game will die. Whereas, if I compare that to the other PlayStation games I've played and finished, maybe aside from Uncharted, like, 
not really nothing was distracting me from spider-man nothing was distracting me from um god of war whereas ghost i didn't i think i went back to it once and i didn't go back to it so i'm really i'm like a bad judge for this obviously but if i'm comparing it to previous type of games that are in this conversation maybe not for me but obviously people who finished it enjoyed it more than i haven't if I eventually do get a PS5, I'll probably go back and play it. Um, but I'd, I'd just say Last of Us, because as I say, it was it was the most hyped game ever, and I think, I, obviously I haven't played it, but Animal Crossing, it became, it, came the ga- it became the game of lockdown, didn't it? Because no one had anything to do. I think it was right at the start of the first lockdown in the UK, and Ireland, I imagine. Um... And it came out the same day as Doom, and everyone just forgot Doom existed and got Animal Crossing. So, yeah, it kind of became the game of lockdown. But obviously, you've played you've played both, so I'd put my money on Last of Us. But uh, it's impossible to compare, seeing as they're probably the most polar opposite type of games in the world. Yeah, no, it it is. They're very different, but but both have, have been big for for very different reasons. I think, as always, I think when you've got a, a year, when you've got to you know a, a collection of notable titles, you know they tend to to split kind of some of the bigger awards across. Like, I mean, if Animal Crossing doesn't get Game of the Year. I think it's probably a sure in for multiplayer game of the year, despite mm. the inclusion of Call of Duty and um, the two indie darlings, Fall Guys and Among Us there. Um, I do still think that that Animal Crossing is a sure in for that award. Similarly, you could see that The Last of Us Part 2, if that doesn't win game of the year, I'm sure it'll pick up either best game or game direction mm. or best narrative, which are two huge titles but I, I think obviously Ghost of Tsushima will, will, will push it in those two um, th- sorry I could see that getting, I, could, yeah, I, could, I could see Ghost getting direction it makes sense with the uh, black and white and, and all that jazz yeah I think exactly like there, there, there's plenty of awards to, to go around and it's the same games for the most part are up for each of these um, the, these notable awards um, with a one or two maybe changes in each category. So uh, I think that, that they'll all get their recognition at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, was there any games at all you were surprised isn't up for Game of the Year? I mean, I, I know a few people have mentioned Half-Life. Alex, I, I haven't played it, so I, I can't really comment, mm. but a lot of people are shocked that wasn't yeah. included. It's tough with a VR game because when something's based around voting, VR—I was going to say VR—that's VR, uh, a different podcast and a whole horrendous topic in itself. VR games, the much more exclusive than any other type of thing. Like PS um, VR is obviously different, but how many people have um, what's the Facebook one called? Jesus. I've got a brain fart now. Uh, what's the big VR yes. thing? There's Oculus. A, Oculus. Jesus Christ, the brain's not working today. Um, but yeah, who who has who has like a proper VR system really to to play a game like Half Life? Um, so I could see why that is there, but it'll obviously get great acclaim, and I mean it'll give people hope for a future actual. I say actual, a, a normal Half Life game, I suppose. Um, 
but in terms of games missing, like nothing is jumping out at me to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. of games that I don't think it's been that strong of a year for probably obvious reasons. I mean, Valhalla could be there. Um, I prefer I prefer what my experience so far with Valhalla than what I've had with Odyssey and Origins, and I think they were both up for Game of the Year if memory serves. So that's probably the only one I could think of, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's up there for some other awards, and in particular, there is one other award um, I want to bring up, bring up in a moment because it's a, a new award, and I, I think it's it's quite noteworthy. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla is one of the nominees. Um, so you know, it might be suffering somewhat from that it's come so late in the year, but then mm. it's it's clearly was eligible to be in, included because it's 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 there for other awards and obviously Call of Duties, which came out a few days later, is also up for awards. So um I, I think it it is when you look at the fact that Odyssey in particular was up for a fair few awards at the time a couple of years ago, it, it is a surprise that Valhalla's not up for more. But I think what we haven't maybe had the quantity this year, we've certainly have the quality and obviously the, the titles that are up for Game of the Year are really top class titles um, that, that were very, very popular among critics and, and gamers alike. So, I mean, I'm not too surprised by its exclusion there. Um, but the one award I did want to talk about that's new in 2020 is the Innovation in Accessibility Award. Um, you've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyperdot, The Last of Us Part 2, and Watch Dogs Legion. Mm. I think it's pretty cool that they're they're acknowledging this and, and how developers are, are going above and beyond to, to make games as accessible to, to as many people as possible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice award and like I know it's not up for it, but the first game I noticed it on because obviously I don't have fortunately I don't have problems and need to need to have such things, but I noticed it on even something as simple as COD, where you could change the colour scheme, and I was reading on Twitter, and I think I was watching Nadeshot, who's a, bit, he's a big um, streamer, I think he was talking about it a bit, uh, how the colour scheme is much better for colourblind people on this COD compared to past ones, uh, and, and, and stuff like that, so it's, it's nice that even, maybe harsh, but the money grab games, where they're made yearly, just even even innovations like that, they've probably been more prominent in 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 games I've not played this year. But it's it's nice to see that gaming is becoming more accessible. Like Xbox obviously has their um, accessible controller where it's like on the on the floor joystick. I'm sure you've I'm sure the people have seen seen it. Um, but it, it's nice and it's nice that all these game companies are, are doing this because if you if one of us was to get a, disability in, in some way imagine imagine cutting gaming out of your life because you, you can't physically do it. it it'd be horrific never mind the impact yeah. on your actual life <laughs> yeah no it's i mean it's it's a shame that that people you know there, there's some people from from birth that have um difficulties that that uh, make it difficult or, or near eye impossible for them to, to experience games or there's people that you know, have been able to experience in the past, but have have developed an, an issue, and then suddenly a, 
what could be a big part of their um, life is, is suddenly not there for them. So it's nice to see people finally taking um, an attempt to, to remedy that. And obviously, as you mentioned, that the controller from Microsoft was huge. And I think this year with games, at, at The Last of Us Part Two, um, a lot of people went out of their way to include that as part of their review for the game. Now, I'm not sure they were necessarily basing their their score on on the accessibility, but they were kind of put it, making that a point to include like a paragraph on that in the review because it was such a massive step in in terms of of the the options. And I even had a look at the options because. I ended up using one of the visibility options to make it easier to find the collectibles on my second playthrough when I wanted to get the platinum. So, um, and I can tell you they're they're pretty robust. What's available to you? I mean, I, I can't quite talk to the options available in those other games because I haven't experienced them yet. Um, but it, it is nice that that's becoming the norm now, and that hopefully going into 2021 these games won't be the the exception to the rule they'll they'll be the rule and Mm. we'll have this this suite of options available to to people so that as many people as possible can enjoy games yeah absolutely absolutely um but moving on there's one one last thing we have to mention on on the game awards and this is kind of lead going to lead us into announcements and stuff like that there's one category most anticipated game i'm not going to ask you what you're going to think about these games but how many of these do you actually think will come out in 2021 elden ring yes or no yes and i i think you know we're going to probably come on to to maybe speculating on what we might see revealed at the game awards and this is my that is my main prediction that I think Elden Ring will be kind of re-revealed at the Game Awards uh, with a 2021 release date. Um, I think obviously we've seen from software um, show off their games at the the Game Awards in the past. I believe uh, Sekiro was revealed at the Game Awards. Rings about so yeah. it was teased, and then it was it was uh, completely revealed. I think at E3. So um, I think that's something we'll see. Halo Infinite. <laughs> this will be an interesting one. Does this game exist? <laughs> yes, and I do think it'll come out in 2021, but I think it'll probably be late 2021 when you look at what's gone on at 343 in, in recent times. God, that'd be terrible. Um, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, yeah, yes, I, I do think it'll be a holiday 2021 game. God of War sequel. I think that gets delayed till early 2022, but I hope to be wrong. But I, I think yes, it gets delayed. I hope so too. Yeah, that that's the one I think gets delayed because even on the PlayStation advert that's on every two seconds, it's like, forbidden, uh, Horizon Zero 2 is expected like late to 2021. Like, are you really going to do God of War and Horizon? in a month period. No, <laughs> I just don't see it. Um, Resident Evil Village, yeah. Yes, um, although I, I I wonder, I'll be keeping an eye on that one simply because of the recent, uh, you know, massive yeah, attack at Capcom <laughs> and 
how that might affect things, but maybe. I still think nonetheless the game will come out next year. Maybe Hank comes up before it or whatever it was called. Um, <laughs> Legend of Zelda: the Breath of the Wild sequel. How can we have a most anticipated game that isn't even officially I, revealed I yet? Like that's that's pretty crazy. We know it's happening from like the the job descriptions and stuff that have been sniped, but it's not even official yet. Mm. Um, I do think I think that'll come out uh, next holiday. I think obviously we'll, I think we may as well also see the kind of mid-gen version of the Switch as well revealed next year for for release at holiday. The 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 talk is it's going to be 4k capable uh when docked um and 1080p when not so i think we will see that um revealed sometime next year and launch in holiday season so that 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 was the list but i mean obviously not nobody watches for the awards it's nice for the developers and stuff but for us if you're watching the show you're watching it for the reveals i mean Obviously, them games will probably be there if they've listed them. <laughs> but is there any there that you maybe think will be there? I mean, my first one was shown at last year's awards, and that's Hellblade 2. I'd, I'd imagine that would be there in some capacity. Yeah, I, I think I think we could see a bit from, from Microsoft. Maybe not Halo Infinite, but uh, Hellblade 2 wouldn't be a bad bet. Um, maybe even one of their other games they've revealed we might see more of. Possibly State of Decay 3, for Perfect, example. Uh, or maybe something, yeah, exactly. Something they haven't quite revealed their hand on. Um, one thing, I'm, I'm not sure it'd quite be Predicting it, but I'd be curious if it might be there. Could be possibly the the rumored Silent Hill reboot mm. that's supposed to be some form of exclusive for the PlayStation, maybe a timed exclusive. Um, could we, could we possibly see that there? Although it might be a strange place to reveal it, considering it's a Japanese title. Um, outside that, I I. Could we maybe see more of Horizon? We we haven't seen that since the, the kind of yeah. first PlayStation event. Um, could Nintendo do something? They they revealed uh, Smash characters in the past. Would they go all out and reveal like him and, and reveal Zelda? I I mm. I'd have my doubts, but you never know. Um, but my my two gut feelings on on that is that we'll see um we'll we'll see Elden Ring kind of re-revealed and that we might see some footage of the Mass Effect trilogy. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that's a safe a good bet. Not quite a safe bet, but a good bet that we'll see some some footage of that. Yeah, I mean I mean the dream if we're going EA heavy, if they do Mass Effect and then go, oh, Bioware working on this and it's Dragon Age, which I don't think will happen, but that would be lovely. Um, it'd be a lovely way to finish a shit year. Um, uh, yeah, I think Hellblade is a sure bet. I think Xbox might go heavy with this because obviously the, the launch has been weak in comparison to PlayStation, as we mentioned two shows ago. Um but you you need to keep reminding people what is to come, I suppose. And if if Hellblade is next year, which I think was originally speculated, um, or even told to us, uh, it, it'd be nice to see that. Um, and Halo, 
Maybe not footage, but maybe a release window or something like that. Well, I'm trying to think what else is supposed to come from Microsoft next year. Forts, obviously, but I, I don't think a racing game is really... I don't think the, that... I the, think that was 2022, wasn't it? Is it? I, I, I think it so. Because I, I don't even think they give... Well, there, there was a rumour going around um, that Horizon 5 might come out before the Forza Motorsport reboot thing. Like Potentially. Because obviously Horizon might be um, cross-gen... Whereas the motorsport one seemingly is a full reboot, uh, reboot, reboot for for um, new gen, um, so that that kind of makes sense if it's true. And obviously, playground is bigish. Um, I mean, if, if the show more, if the show Fable gameplay and give that a release window, I, uh, yes, please, um, that would do me. But uh, yeah, like, let's. Um, Let's move on from the Game Awards. We've got a couple games to talk about just before we get into the, the memory section. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, the game we kind of made a meme because Gods and Monsters kind of disappeared for a long-ass time. But um, surprisingly for me, Carl, it's came out to fairly decent reviews. I mean, looking at Metacritic, it's got ranging from 76 to 83 on various consoles. Um it's surprise. Is it a surprise? It's good, <laughs> or seemingly good. Yeah. Um. I mean, it it's not doing too bad. I, th- I think the lowest is the the Switch version at seventy five, which makes sense given that it's it's going to be the the weakest version. Um. But the the Xbox Series X version is currently sitting on an eighty three. Now I think that has less reviews than the other versions, but but nonetheless, um. I mean, I knew it would be a decent game, given that this is Ubisoft. They do open-world games well. It's their bread and butter between Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and Watch Dogs. That, that's, like, the vast majority of the games they release are open-world. So even their car series is an open-world car series, the, the crew. Yes. Like, it's that that is what they do. Um, so it, I wouldn't say I'm quite surprised. Um, but, you know, maybe it's doing a, a little better by, you know, a few points than, than I might have expected. Um, it's interesting. I've, I've listened to a couple of reviews on it. I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to play it myself as yet, but I, I hear it's it's uh, very much Breath of the Wild inspired, almost shamelessly at, at points. Beautiful. That's what we said as soon as we saw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is true. To it's, be fair, kind of like why wouldn't you copy one of the most popular games of the last few years? Makes sense. Well, exactly. I mean, as I think someone I I was listening to said, um, paraphrasing basically, Ubisoft probably looked at Breath of the Wild and thought, "Well, we've been doing." open world games for years you know we, we can we can do this and and went ahead and, and made immortals phoenix rising i mean it, it pretty much is as, as we said way back when it, it is basically like breath of the wild meets assassin's creed odyssey and i mean there's nothing wrong with that because it likely appeal to to you know maybe some younger players which assassin's creed odyssey wouldn't um so it, it's nice that they they have that but it it, it is you know, I don't know to what you think, but I, I, I have heard a kind of an opinion from people and I can see where they're coming from that 
they they've kind of released it at the wrong time. Now I know it was mm. supposed to release earlier this year, but the fact it's released alongside Assassin's Creed Valhalla, another Ubisoft open world game, and Watch Dogs, <laughs> and Watch Dogs, another Ubisoft open world game, kind of reminds you of when um, EA released um, Titanfall. Two alongside a Battlefield game and Call of Duty, which obviously wasn't their game. And you've got Cyberpunk on the mm. horizon as well. So that means you're going to have four open world games in a month or so. And, you know, but, but space, let's say six weeks. And three of them are coming from Ubisoft. That's just, I, I don't know. I, I'd have probably, I know it's hard to hold the game when it's already been delayed, but I've been maybe be tempted to have held this one on, until the spring yeah I think you, Valhalla was the one two hours of release in the, in the holiday, holiday period because I think in the UK charts it outsold COD for example so that's obviously the right decision but then it's obviously unfortunate I think both of them got delayed because what didn't Watch Dogs get delayed a wee bit as well if memory serves um, but for if it did if, if two games got delayed by Ubisoft, that that's unfortunate. But if it was just, if it was just God's, God's Immortals Phoenix Rising, obviously financial quarters and stuff like that, and investors, yada yada yada, you got to do it for that. But if it came out in February, I mean, there is literally nothing else coming out. I think Hitman has a release date, and Far Cry is rumored to be March or May. Because I think that got put back, so it it just kind of yeah, I agree. I think it's just a strange window, so it would have been nice for it to be the spring game from from Ubisoft because they always have a spring game, and obviously that looks like it'll be Far Cry, whatever the hell that comes out. Um, and it's not Skull and Bones, which is disgusting. Um, but yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but it'll Ubisoft's game sales are on every couple days, like DFS. So I'll probably pick it up in the spring at some point and just play that. I mean, as I said, there's not not much. Com- maybe they'll maybe it'll change after the uh, the the, sh- uh, the game awards, but there's not loads confirmed for early next year. So I'll pick it up at some point if it's meant to be good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're into your Ubisoft open world games, as we both are, it's certainly worth checking out. Um, but I, I just don't think it's quite the ideal time but maybe there is also the question of when mm-hmm. when is the ideal time because yeah, I didn't exactly. even think of Far Cry to be on top of that then otherwise mm. so just so happens as we said Ubisoft make a lot of open world yeah, games exactly. and therefore inevitably you are going to have some mm. that release alongside each other and you'd say Creed and Far Cry probably the two biggest as well off the top of my head unless I'm forgetting something very obvious yeah, um, they yeah they they would be um on their end. I mean, uh, obviously Watch Dogs is is pretty big, but I don't think it's maybe quite worked out as as expected. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, last game before we get in memories. Um, Cyberpunk is obviously a week away today. We're recording on Thursday evening. If this comes out uh, tomorrow, um. We'll probably end up doing a show on that Thursday if I can be dragged off my Xbox. Um, 
it's obviously been delayed 700 times and it's been I think the teaser came out 200 years ago it, it, I mean do I dare touch wood <laughs> just in case but it's finally coming out and I mean I've not been waiting since the original reveal because it wasn't brought to my attention for that long but I just trust um, Project Red so much. <laughs> I just really want this bloody game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And I was so hyped for this one, and then you know, delay after delay after delay. And I'm I'm not going to say I'm not. Obviously, I'm still excited to play it, but it it has kind of dampened things a little bit. And also the fact that you know the the main reason I was excited to to get a PS5, and I'm I'm still looking to get one. And regardless. But the main reason was to play this game in the best form available. And yet now we hear that we're not going to have this, you know, the the next gen version. Well, we've known for since I think the last delay, actually, and mm-hmm. um, that the one previous to the, to the most recent one, that we're not going to get the next gen versions to, till next year, which is a little bit of a downer in itself. But nonetheless, I'm sure this is still going to be a great game. And, you know, while while other games that have come out right at the start of the eligibility period for Game of the Year for that year have usually suffered by coming out so early, I don't think this one will. I'm I'm sure when we we this time twelve months when we look at that list of nominees, that Cyberpunk will be on the the Game of the Year list. So I, I I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and. Uh... We'll talk about that more um, in next week's show as uh, the reviews and stuff will be out and maybe I'll, I'll talk about my first few hours with the game. Um, yeah, um, so we'll get we'll get into our memories and what year did we leave it on? We were up to, we just did 14, didn't we? As I am, yeah. as I am hurrying to open tabs on my phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so 2015. Um, I'll get. I'll go through the list, and we'll we can go a bit more detailed on this because we're only forty minutes into it, and you know what me and uh, Carl are like. Um, so I'll go through the list, and then we'll um, you know, Dying Light, The Order eighteen eighty six, Bloodborne, Axiom Verge, The Witcher Free, or oh my, uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, Batman Arkham Knight, Rocket League, COD Black Ops Free, Until Dawn, Mad Max, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Halo 5, which Carl forgot about last week, which sums up how good Halo's been recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Halo, uh, Halo 4, Fallout 4, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Star Wars Battlefront, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Um, so we'll start from the top, guy. Dying Light, it's a game I didn't play, but people who did play it seem to love it, and obviously the, the much-hyped sequel, it's, it's supposedly coming out next year. I think it was even meant to come out this year. Um, I didn't play it. I mean, did you play it? I played a little bit. I meant to play a lot more, but what I played, I, I really enjoyed. I mean, this is a great game. I mean, it's like, I remember I got really excited when Dead Island came out, and then Dead Island was was okay, but it wasn't great. And obviously some of the people that worked on that went, ended up working on this game, and then this game is just, everything that game wanted to be and more and i'm looking forward to seeing dying light 2 obviously which hopefully we'll get next year after it's had its own fair share of delays 
Um, but I mean, this, this is it's definitely when I think obviously here we are reviewing the generation. I, I think this is a game that's going to come up when a lot of people are, are reviewing the generation. I know it has and in some that I've already listened to. It It is one of those games. It, it's maybe not going to get the the plaudits of some of the, the games we talked about last week. You know, it's, it's not quite on their level or the, some more of the games that we'll talk about today. But it, it certainly deserves to, to be on that kind of list of, of the, the better games of, of that generation. Yeah, seemingly it does. I mean, the, the mates I've had who have played it, it's, it, it, people just say it's probably the best zombie game up there with like Left 4 Dead and stuff like that. Obviously, obviously very different, but yeah. And uh, if we count Resident Evil, that's probably up there as well. But that, that's, that's, that's a virus, that's not zombies. Um, the Order eighteen eighty six. Um, I remember when this game was first revealed, and it, um, again, this was a PlayStation exclusive, wasn't it? Pretty sure it was. It, w- it was, yeah. Um, it, much hype, but very disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, like it, it looked really good in the previews, and then it just quite didn't live up to that. Now, I, I played through this game, and I enjoyed it. But it's it's very short. It's very linear. Oh, it's Rise then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. May well be. It is very comparative to that. It's it's kind of like the PlayStation Four's equivalent of of Rise, and that it looks pretty, and it it can be a decent experience. But as I said, it's it's linear and it's a little repetitive in terms of the gameplay loop. Um, it, like it, it's a shame. It was a real. There was a lot of potential there, and I would have liked to see a, an, a, a like a, a sequel of of sorts, or maybe kind of a, a you know even a reboot in in the world. But it's unlikely mm. to happen, given that Ready at Dawn were not a first party studio, and they are now owned by Facebook. They they just develop games for Oculus now, so yeah. that's unlikely to happen. Although obviously uh, Sony maintain ownership of the IP so they technically could give it to mm. another studio but I, I don't see that happening it was Van, anytime it was Van Helsingy wasn't it if I remember if I remember correctly yeah yeah there was there was definitely kind of a, a um HP Lovecraft kind of feel to it um like it was a really cool setting and like it, there was so much potential there it's just unfortunately it didn't quite deliver on it I mean don't get me wrong if you see this game for a few quid in a PlayStation sale I don't know if the the, the Black Friday sale is still going and if it is if this is in it but if it is and it's cheap you know I'd, I'd say anyone it's it's mm. worth picking up because it'll probably it's, be in the it, might finish. collection by now <laughs> this is true it might be there I haven't even haven't even looked at it in a while but I mean it, it's a it's an enjoyable game. Might only give you entertainment for an afternoon, but it'll be a decent afternoon. Like it's 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 worth playing, but it's just a shame that it wasn't this epic thirty-hour mm. experience that that people might have expected ahead of its release. Yeah, I remember hearing them complaining. It's Bloodborne. Um, it it's seemingly one of the best exclusives of of the gen. It's obviously a very Niche game, it 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 it's souls ish. Um, but it, 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 you see people always say, I don't really like souls game, but I've played Bloodborne. Um, or I certainly see that quite a bit on Twitter. It's, is is this one that kind of grabbed more people than it probably would have if it was third party? 
Certainly. Um, I think I'm, I'm not sure whether the exclusivity played its part, but I, I think I can see where you're coming from in that this game certainly had more of an audience than, than the Dark Souls games. And I think it's because of the, maybe the slight difference in how it plays. It, it's very much cut from the same cloth, but maybe it's a, a little faster and, and, and things. And Sekiro, obviously, is similar in that it's, it's mm-hmm. Dark Souls, but with a twist. Um, I think that probably helped it. I mean, a lot of people argue this is the the best exclusive on the PlayStation mm. Four, and that you know when you think of the games that 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 came after. Is this from software? It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's you know when you think of the games that came afterwards, that's 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 big, and some people even say it's the best game of the generation, putting ahead of of games that we will discuss and some games we've already discussed. So there's no doubting it's a massive title. I never got around to playing it, unfortunately myself. It is kind of on my to do list. I did watch a mate play it for for an hour or two uh, at one point, and it, it, I really liked what I seen. Um. I mean, given the popularity of Souls games, it's no surprise Bloodborne was as popular as it is. But um, I think it, in a lot of ways, it it has trumped them and continues to do so because it's a game that people are are still playing now. And I mean, you've got um, obviously, I think it's it's part of that that PlayStation collection mm-hmm. um, for PS5 and. So I'm sure if people haven't checked it out already and they have a PS5 now, it's a nice to be able to to play it for free. So so check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, reputation alone for me as well. This seems like a big one. Um, we may have to hurry for a few of them, but there's one. There's a game you've put in that I've never heard of, Axiom Verge. Is this is this just one special euro? Have I missed a big game? Here? It's it's a it's an indie title, um, but it was one of the more notable indie titles of last gen. It's a Metroidvania game, so obviously in the the same vein as the Metroid games and the Castlevania Symphony of Night, that kind of thing. I played this one. Don't know why it didn't quite quite grip me in, but there's no doubting its popularity, and uh, I think its sequel is coming out next year. So it's it's clearly one we're gonna hear more about moving forward fair enough um moving swiftly on to my game of the gem gen gem it is a gem but it's not what i was meaning to say um which i probably said on the witcher review we did a few shows ago but uh that is a spoiler for the end of the show but you already knew the witcher free wild hunt um we've obviously done a full review pod so if you want to listen to a retro review um, please go there and listen to that pod. Um, it had was it Matt who was on that one? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's an excellent show. It's an excellent game, Kat. I mean, we've obviously got the full pod. Sum it up. It it's just the combat isn't perfect, but the, like in terms of storytelling, I don't think there's a game like it. No, I mean we we talked about it at length in the reviews. So I don't want to kind of go down that rabbit hole again but I mean this is a, an amazing game it it looks great it plays great but as as you said guy that the story is really where the the draw is it's just it's insanely like I mean if, if people enjoy have watched the, the Witcher Netflix show and enjoy what they've seen mm-hmm. there I mean the the game is is 
levels above for me and exactly yeah in in terms of the the narrative and you know Geralt remains my my favorite video game character I love his his portrayal and all he does Um, is grunt (laughs) yeah Uh, I mean it's just such it's an amazing game it's and and, I mean talking about it now just suddenly makes me more hyped for for cyberpunk because I mean, if, if that's even a fraction as good as the the Witcher Three Wild Hunt, it's it's going to be a great game. Exactly. Um, kind of linked with the Witcher Three. I got free when I, I how old was I? Five years ago. So I was about twenty one. I was it must have been at uni. Um, I ordered free games to treat myself. Um, it must have been like summer, so I must have been on break for one of the years. So I got the Witcher Three, Elder Scrolls Online, and Batman Arkham Knight. I don't know why I got The Witcher 3, because I had Witcher 2, and I didn't really enjoy it, didn't finish it, but I just thought, screw it, it's out, it's got good reviews, didn't have much hype for it, I, I did. Uh, I think I did Arkham Knight first, because um, my list of favourite games, Arkham City, is up there, we'll get to that in a sec, Elder Scrolls Online, because Elder Scrolls is one of my favourite IP, if not my favourite, overall, played that, it was okay, and The The Witcher 3 Oh my god! It just it just shot all over those games, and they, they were they were two fine games, but The Witcher Three just absolutely demolished them. Two games, it they just simply did. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I played through Batman Arkham Knight. Um, I enjoyed it, but I thought it was a little bit of a a disappointment mm-hmm. um, when yeah, compared to the to the previous two games. Um, but maybe that's because the, the concept was just getting a little stale. I'm not, I'm not too sure. And maybe they tried a little bit hard. And my God, those Batmobile sequences Ugh. were horrendous. Um, but it was still a, a, a very good game, unless you were playing it on PC. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're not a, we don't really talk about PC games too much there, so we'll we'll move on swiftly from that. But uh, yeah, no, the the Witcher Three was definitely of, of those games that came out and that that kind of it was about the space of a month. That was far and away the the best. Now I, I can't speak too much about the Elder Scrolls Online. I bought it at the time. I was very excited to play it. But I just never got around to it. <laughs> I mean, I think that the fact it was an MMO was just just quite daunting. Um, but nonetheless, obviously, they they you know three really notable games for for the generation um, in their own rights. Um, but the The mm-hmm. Witcher Three definitely the the standout and the one that belongs in the conversation for for best game of the generation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just my two cents on Elder Scrolls quickly. It 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 it's good, but if you're looking for an Elder Scrolls experience like Oblivion, Skyrim, Morrowind, it's just kind of not that. It's more of a fun game where you mates. It's, it's it's a good version of Fallout seventy six. <laughs> that's 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 probably the best way of putting it. Which is obviously it's improved, but I don't, I don't think it's out special. I think Elder Scrolls kind of a lot better than that. It's probably one of the best con if not the best console MMO. Um, but there's not loads of competition for that. Um, for that prize. Uh, Batman, Batman, Batman. I just made Arkham and Batman the same thing. Batman, um, Arkham Knight. I agree with you. It's a, it's a fine game, but the car, man. Holy hell. <laughs> just ruined the game. Oh, that was horrendous. Yeah. And if you had any knowledge of like the Batman via the comic books, you kind of knew the, um, 
the twist with uh, Jason Todd, didn't you? So it was kind of you could see it coming off a mile off, even if you didn't like. I'm not a huge. I don't even read comic book, but like I know the lore and stuff, and you knew, you know he becomes Red Red Vass, uh, Red Fit. What's the bloody name? Red Hood. <laughs> um, yeah. You kind of knew that, so the story was kind of somewhat predictable, um, and the boss fights didn't really feel that special, or the characters didn't feel as special. Um, obviously, when Mark Hamill's the Joker, um, and he's not in it as much, obviously kind of more flashbacky. It it takes away from it, um, a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it was. I thought it was a disappointment because I thought this would be the perfect trilogy, and I think Knight let it down. I don't think it like for example. I don't think it's near Mass Effect tri- the first trilogy, barring um, Emmy Freeze ending. Um, we've probably got a few we can skip over here. I mean, Rocket League is was a huge game of the gen, if not like a. <sighs> Probably the surprising game of the gen, because a game where car football its like one of the biggest successes of a generation. Fair enough, lads. It's fantastically fun. Um, COD Black Ops 3. It's COD. Black, it's COD. Um, not really much to add for me. Until Dawn. I know it's a horror game. Not my cup of tea. Uh, any Anything to add on that one? Cracking game. One of, one of my favourite exclusives uh, um, for the PlayStation 4. Um, I played it... To- I didn't play it quite at the time. I think I think I played it maybe a year or two later. I got around to it, but it's it's a great game. Um, I mean, obviously, we never got a sequel, um, because the developer moved on to other things. But they're they're developing kind of spiritual sequels, um, in the form of. Blanking there's on one, the, there's one um, on a boat. I know that. Yeah, so it's it's from Supermassive, yes. and it's the series they're releasing. Um, the I'll have it now. Ah, the Dark Pictures anthology. So the that idea is the they're going to release <laughs> one a year, um, in and around Halloween. I think the plans for eight eight games. I think it's the Jeez. deal. I'm not sure they're going to get the eight games, but they have two out already, and they've um, revealed the third, which will come out next year. Uh, and I, I think they're being reasonably well received as well. I mean, we're on to which um, they they until dawn. They they've basically outdone Quantic Dream. With their their kind of games, <laughs> they've done it better. <laughs> we we don't tell like it's it, the game is crazy good, um, and I'd recommend anyone who has not played it as yet uh, to to get out and give it a go because it is a great game. Again, it's not too long. Those kind of games rarely ever are. You could probably complete it in a couple settings. But if you like your horror, it's certainly worth a try. Yeah, I've seen a little bit on Facebook of it, and I'd hate it, so there you go. <laughs> um, Mad Max, I can't really add much on this, other than that the fact that people say it's like the sleeper game of this gen, just because it was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was. I I played through it. It's 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 a really enjoyable game. I you know I wouldn't say it's a, an amazing game. But it's a it's a great game in its own right, and it was just quite unfortunate that it happened to launch on the same day. At Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. 
I mean, it, it was going neck to neck with another open world action game that just so happened to be mm. from a you know much more notable video game property. Yeah. Obviously, Mad Max is a big property in its own right. Um, but it it was unfortunate in that way because I think that a lot more people would have played this game than did if if not for the release date. But unfortunately, I remember it dropping in price quite quickly, which meant I got it quite cheap, quite quick, and it wasn't long before it was on um, the uh, PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. as a free title. So I'm sure a lot of people might have that in their libraries. So it's it's worth giving it a a try because it is an enjoyable game. Well, you mentioned the next game, and it's Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, Kojima's last. Uh, what was I going to say there? Metal Gear game. Um, people who said it, who played it, seemingly loved it, but you could kind of see the bits where obviously Konami and Kojima fell out, and there was bits missing, etc. Um, did you play it, and did you experience um, the things I just talked about? Never got around to playing it again. I watched a mate play it for, for a bit. Um, he, he quite enjoyed it. And um, I did think what I seen, what I saw rather, was impressive. Um, I mean, for me, this game is more memorable for kind of all the things that, mm, that uh, the, surrounded the it. Politics, I mean, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, the fallout for Kojima at um, Konami and them not allowing him to attend the Game Awards and, you know, Kiefer Sutherland accepting the, the award <laughs> for the, the game instead um it was all a bit strange um but i mean obviously it's a, it's a it was a great last hurrah for the metal gear solid series because we'll we'll ignore all subsequent games because kajina yes. is not involved um yeah i mean it, no obviously it, it is one of the the notable titles of the generation if if maybe not always for the the right reasons Yes. Um, moving on, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Probably not the day that IP died, but it was maybe the final nail in the coffin. Only to Huge be dug- disappointment. <laughs> only to be dug back up this year and saved so much. Um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. It's one of the only ones I haven't played. I played it at Eurogamer um, or EGX and did a mission on it. Seemed enjoyable, just never got round to getting it. Did you play this one? No, um, but the reason I included, I mean, not to say it's a bad game, but it obviously was the game that was kind of the death of the old Assassin's Creed. Mm. I mean, it was at that point, obviously, they decided to go away for a couple of years yeah. and worked on the background and they had Origins and Odyssey developing almost side by side. Um, and then now we have the new type of Assassin's Creed game. Um, and... For that reason, obviously, it's it's quite notable mm. um, because it is it was the the end of the annual Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they have the time to make it like that now. And obviously, Ubisoft has a billion games to release every year. But um, I mean, what 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 do you prefer, old form or this new form? I know, well, you haven't played it yet, but Valhalla's kind of. It's arcadey fighting like the old ones, but it's like very long like the new ones. Are you what do you what which version do you like of Creed? I I really enjoy the new ones. Um, from what I've played so far, I think they are 
objectively better games. Well, let's not say the old ones were bad games. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I loved the first Assassin's Creed. I loved the second Assassin's Creed. I enjoyed Assassin's Creed 2.1 and 2.2, as I like to call mm-hmm. them. Um, Assassin's Creed 3, bit yeah. of a disappointment. Uh, but obviously we know, uh, although uh, it's it's one of my blights on this generation, so I should really get around to it, but we know um, Black Flag is a massive game and, and probably the yes. the best of these, these old form uh, Assassin's Creed games. But I still think that there's a reason why the series has evolved and it, it's evolved mm-hmm. for the better um, for me. So uh, I think kind of Origins, Odyssey, and now obviously Valhalla, I think they're the the better form and what what's your take um i can't i think as you said black flags a favorite of this of mine um and that's kind of a perfect mix of the two for me because it's got it's got the length it's got the size of the map it's got the depth um black flags probably my favorite then two and 2.1 um 2.5 as you say uh, are up there um Valhalla's that like getting there. I like the character. I like the setting, etc. I'd probably say Valhalla's probably top five of Creed games for me at the min. Um, probably better than Origins, and I, I, I haven't finished Odyssey because I just like it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I like the new ones. I think they did need to evolve. I think probably after two. It went stale. It was just the fact that Black Flag was pirates and not very assassinates. <laughs> um, but it was just fun. Um, so yeah, I I like the evolvement and how it's evolved. And I don't know, maybe they could go back to two and do not make two again, but they could put Ezio in in a new style game, I suppose. But I suppose they'd finish telling his story. Um, but they could go back to Italy. Who knows? Um. But yeah, it's it, it's a it's a tough one. But they have all of history to pick from, so it'll be interesting to see where the next one is. Um, Syndicate was some somewhat of a disappointment. Next up is probably the two biggest disappointments of this year. I'd say Halo Five. I mean, I I take snipes at it all the time, and four. It's just it it's just not Halo. Bungie's just. There's a reason Bungie's one of the best developers, and you, you see it in the new Halo games, the, the newer Halo games. They're just they're not the same. They don't have that special um, Bungie touch to it. And this had a horrendous marketing campaign, um, where they made it all about intrigue and, and um, Spartan lock, etc. And the campaign just failed to deliver. the The multiplayer was fine because Halo multiplayer is always fine. I mean. My favorite multiplayer is Reach, just because it had like a million things to do, and it, it just kind of um, didn't add too much. I think they had that the new game mode. I think it was called Warzone, where you had cards and stuff like that. It was fine, but nothing too groundbreaking. And the story was just a huge disappointment. And I think that's why I'm I'm, I'm becoming more and more skeptical with Infinite every time it gets delayed or we see potato graphics or whatever. Um. So yeah, I mean, Halo 5, a huge disappointment for me. But Fallout 4, um, Carl, it was the big thing at E3 that year. It was it was huge. There was a dog. Um, I didn't even finish it. That, that's where that's where it stood with me. The game just kind of became repetitive. You could see the, um, the father-son um, uh, twist happening as soon as the game started. 
it, I don't know, it just, like, I'm not, I wasn't, I've never been huge with the Fallout thing, but Fallout 3 felt more special, Fallout New Vegas felt more special, um, yeah, what, what, what's your take on these, on these two? I mean, in terms of the Halo 5, I never got around to it, I do own the game, and obviously I've, I've, regardless of owning it, I've had the option of playing it on Game Pass a few times, but I haven't. Um, I guess I wasn't really in a rush to play it because of my experiences with Halo 4. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Halo 4 is a decent game, but, you know, decent when it comes to Halo is mad to to, to even think about saying because when I, I think of, you know, my take on all the previous Halo titles, I mean, 1, 2, 3, and Reach, which I thought, all thought were were amazing games and at the time when i played halo 4 i remember thinking you know is this just because my experience is different obviously with the previous halos i played kind of co-op local multiplayer with friends whereas for halo 4 i was playing it on my own um with kind of halo 2 towards the end but definitely halo 3 and reach i'd played them online i'd been part of kind of like online clans and stuff and played in matches and was heavy into the multiplayer whereas i didn't have that with, with halo 4 so i thought maybe i was just biased because of my own situation but i didn't know but then obviously i seen a lot of people shared my opinion i know you do so i, I think that's probably why halo 5 wasn't as as much on my radar as it might have been otherwise um but obviously i know all too well that a lot of fans were were left disappointed follow for yeah i mean i played it i played it for over 100 hours i platinum did i'd ha- i'd even have all the the trophies in the dlc if not for one that was ridiculously grindy and that just just got far too long in the tooth but I mean, so I did enjoy it, and I think it's a it's a very good game, possibly even a great game. But like, I adored Fallout Three. That that was one of my favorite games of the prior generation, um, and I quite enjoyed um, New Vegas as well, which was kind of more the same. But Fallout Four just. You know, it was more the same again, but it was too much of the same. It wasn't evolved enough. It wasn't what I would have mm. expected on next gen. And I think that was the kind of the direction of a lot of people. A lot of people would say, like, obviously, that The Witcher 3 did open world RPG far better than, you know, than Bethesda could. And their game came out six months earlier. So I think that that you know if The Witcher Three maybe it came after Fallout Four reaction to Fallout Four might have been a little different and you know reaction was still good to Fallout Four it won Game of the Game of the Year awards mm. from from certain outlets. I think you just but look it, retrospectively on it. It's like there's other games that are better, <laughs> as you say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's 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 a very good game, but it's it's not you know, a, a, kind of that top-tier game you might have expected from Bethesda at that point. Yeah, it's it's a shame, really, because obviously um, 76, I've already mentioned, we'll probably mention towards the end of the pod, or even next week if we if we uh, spend too much time, but <sighs> Starfield kind of has to be good. <laughs> oh, Microsoft might be going, oh, what have we spent a lot of money on? Um what have we got next as my phone is over the room charging now? We have Rise of the Tomb Raider, um, Star Wars Battlefront, and Rainbow Six Siege. Um, 
Tomb Raider, I've never really been a fan of the IP, didn't play it. I played a little bit of it. You could see it was good, but it's just never really been my cup of tea. I'd probably go back and finish it, but as ever, yeah. I get distracted. Um, it was a nice um, reboot of a series, and it seems to all three, well, I think the third one was a smidge of a step down, but all three of them seem to get decent acclaim, if not great acclaim. Yeah, I mean, I loved the first one. Um, you know, it was towards the end of the 360 generation. I played through it, and I played through it on PS3, actually, because it was um, a PS Plus game at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I included Rise of the Tomb Raider here was because of that timed exclusivity. I thought it was notable, uh, if you remember the backlash. And I don't think the game done as well, because... You know, uh, fans who were on PlayStation were were very upset that it was oh. a, a timed exclusive here. Oh, and when it came out, the PlayStation the pro- annoyed about timed exclusivity. Other well, there we go. <laughs> but when it came out the following year on PlayStation, I picked it up, but never got around to playing it. And I know a lot of people didn't pick it up almost out of principle um, because of that 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 situation. But nonetheless, I, I think it was. A, I wouldn't be allowed to play games. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. literally like two games that are found exclusive nowadays oh dear but yeah it, it is weird that seemed to kick off the whole annoyance about timed exclusivity and now it's the most common thing in the bloody world um, Star Wars Battlefront uh, I say it's this disappointment but I did get to max prestige and max level on that game <laughs> but um <sighs> When the when there's a star when there's a Star Wars anything there's excitement, and it ended up just kind of being a meh battlefield Star Wars skin, which sounds fine, but at the same time Battlefield hasn't been that good for a while either. Um, so it has to be a disappointment. Albeit I did enjoy it, especially when I played Jedi um, Heroes v Villains, but it it, it was very repetitive. Yeah, I mean, I loved the original Battlefront game, so I was so excited Same. about this. And then I picked this up, and you know, and I enjoy Battlefield as well. Like as I, I talked about previously, when we talked about Battlefield Four, when we were talking about the launch last week, I was saying how I played a lot of Battlefield Three and a lot of Bad Company too, and I really enjoyed those games. But I just this this, I mean, I, I bizarrely I'd have probably preferred play battlefield than than play battlefront even mm. though i love star wars it was just I, I didn't enjoy this game at all and there was no single player options mm. and it just it, it just didn't it was such a downer for me and i, I think a lot of my friends kind of got a whiff of that and then didn't even bother picking it up at the at the time um it's a real shame i think the second one which i'm I'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> later was was a step up well um, it opened up another can of worms but yes that's but it wasn't a big step up <laughs> un- unfortunately so another you know we've talked about a lot of a lot of great games in 2015 but we've we've talked about a, a few disappointments as well with the the order 1886 and halo 5 and and um and, and this is another one unfortunately yeah, I mean, as I say, I didn't even play normal Battlefront. I just played Heroes v Villains and ended up getting max level. Just out of simple, I think one of my other mates just played it and we just constantly played it. And I mean, playing as Darth Maul's fun, Yoda's fun, but does anyone want to be a Stormtrooper where you've literally got like two weapons that all feel the same? It's like, meh. Um, 
one of the games of the gen, or especially first-person shooter games, is um, Rainbow Six Siege. That is still going strong to this day. I mean, I'm not sure how much you've played it. I've played it a decent amount. I'm not very good at it. That's probably why I haven't played it more, but it it's still going strong. What are we on? Five years later. That that's pretty, There's not many games that have that shelf life. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I, I remember playing the beta, and I was really excited about it because I was a big Rainbow Six Vegas fan and also a fan of the original Rainbow Six. Um, so I, I was very excited for this. But I, unfortunately, I didn't get to play much of this because my, my friends just weren't interested in jumping on despite their past kind of enjoyment of the series. So I didn't get to play nearly as much as I would have liked. But it, it is, it's so notable how popular this game is to this day and in fact I, I think it's probably more popular now than it was maybe in mm. the first few months of its launch and that's pretty testament to how the game has improved over time and, and how how much attention Ubisoft have given it in, in maintaining it and, and keeping it interesting to, to players and I mean it it's it was it's getting a kind of a next gen version like it's it's getting yeah. up, upscaled for, I think for these li- literally consoles, just got which, new content as well, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but which I mean is a is a testament to to mm. how how popular this game is and and continues to be and and will likely continue to be for at least another couple of years at this rate. I think of the what was it the Ubisoft event? I think they mentioned like the next ten years and stuff like that, didn't they? So yeah, I think it's... think that that rings a bell. I think mm. they want to keep it going for at least ten years. So they're only halfway through that that at the moment. So we'll see what the the years to to come deliver like. But it is a very it was a notable hit um, for Ubisoft and and continues to to be that. Absolutely, I mean. Just on that, I mean, do you do you miss the old rainbows? Because I, I I like Vegas one and two as well. Um, I do miss yeah. the story and the just the classic TDM. I don't want everything to feel like S and D nowadays. Because I I I like running around and getting killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do kind of miss that that variety and and the single player experience, which I quite enjoyed, particularly in co op. Obviously, we do have Rainbow Six. Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine, yeah, coming next year, most likely. Um, although I'm I, not sure yet that that will have a story, per se. I think, I think it more might be focused on a kind of uh, almost a terrorist hunt type side of things but with kind of there was like a zombies yeah instead. there was like a there was like an in-game event and i think it's kind of stemmed from that it's like i think it's going to be their version of cod zombies pretty much as, as you alluded to yeah yeah that kind of thing like which is interesting but it's still not quite the the single player experience that that i miss but um nonetheless obviously you know they, they clearly made the right decision in in evolving the series given given its success yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'd still go on at the Rainbow Six Siege happily today. Um, we're up to 2016 now. Um, off with a bang, somewhat. Tom, or maybe lack of a bang, considering the uh, the hype for it. Tom Clancy's The Division. Um, I played a lot of this. It kind of, it was one of them games that the vanilla version was a bit shit. Um, Destiny-ish, let's go with that. The vanilla version wasn't great and didn't really deserve the hype, but the game did kind of res- revive itself and did, did did improve over time. But, I mean, The Division was... It was meant to be Ubisoft's next 
huge thing. And as we said at the time, Assassin's Creed was on a break. Um, Rainbow Six Siege had kind of taken a, d- a different step on that. And the division was going to pretty much be a mix of Rainbow, Ghost, Recon, bit of everything. And it's I don't think the original game stepped up to the hype, but I think it eventually did. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, um... I mean, I played The Division. I, I jumped on it with the same group of friends that I'd played Destiny with them, and we thought this would be something new and fresh. But, you know, three of the, the other three lads quickly jumped off, and I think they maybe played about 20 hours apiece. I'd say when all was said and done, I played about 50 hours. There was another friend of mine who hadn't had a PS4 at the time of Destiny, but by this point he had came on board, and this was kind of his first big multiplayer game on there. And he played a lot more. I'd say he's put in a couple hundred hours at least. And I've heard from him, and and obviously just from, from general word across the internet, that the game did improve over time. The DLCs were quite popular. But I, I just think when it came out, it wasn't a bad game, but it just seemed like a step down on Destiny. And I know in a way it's a different game. It's a, you can, it's not fair to directly compare them, but given the, the, the overall style of game, it's it's difficult not to, to make some comparisons. Mm-hmm. And I do think Destiny did things better. Um, it was just... It just seemed kind of empty, and I don't know say mm-hmm. that about a, a, a somewhat post-apocalyptic world you'd expect it to be empty, mm. but uh, I don't quite mean empty in that sense. But the setting was just, nice as well. It was just kind of the world they built wasn't, and as you say, it's a, pan, it's a pandemic ep- and apocalypse stuff. But lifeless and hot people being in it is kind of two different things, isn't it? It, it did feel lifeless. Exactly, and and I mean, just the, the the content just just wasn't there. I mean, you think about their kind of equivalent of raids, and they were just so boring and repetitive. Mm. And then you you look at the raids in Destiny, which you you excited for the resets, you could do them again, and you did them so many times. 
I think it's just just un, unfortunate. And obviously lessons were learned because I hear that the Division 2 is a million times better. But so many people never even gave that a chance because this this game had disappointed them. Also because they were probably playing Destiny 2 and then maybe some were a bit fatigued on these kind of games but after putting hours upon hours in, into them. But nonetheless, I, I think the disappointment of this game probably played some part. I mean, again, you know, you say disappointment. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It, it is a good game, but it's just not as good as I, I maybe expected it to be at, at mm. the time. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it got delayed and all that stuff and the hype train. Ubisoft love a hype train. It, it's just it's just annoying, really, and you may not even listed it, but Ghost Recon came out, I think, the year after, and it, again, similar hype, and that was probably even worse. It's just very strange. Um, but we'll move on. Hitman, um, not one I played at the time, but I did pick Hitman 1 and 2 up four years later, and my only other real Hitman experience was absolution i believe on 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 the 360 and that was obviously more story driven and stuff but what did you make of this rework from hitman the the contract and the replayability of the mission and stuff like that did you like this because i mean in retrospect and me playing it somewhat recently i I really i really enjoy it i wouldn't pay 70 quid for for a new one which is the new norm now but it's it's a i think it's a perfect sale game I actually never played the new Hitmans. I've always mm. been intrigued by them, but I mean, I included this one for you because I remember you talking about picking them up recently and and enjoying them. I also think it's quite notable because it was a it was an interesting situation where obviously IO Interactive were owned by Square Enix, as they they came across with the the rest of the Edos Studios, and then they kind of bought themselves into independence. Um, once more and retained the Hitman IP and decided mm. to, to bring out these these episodic um, series and it was a real bold move but it's it certainly paid off I mean they're they're working on a um, uh, James Bond game at the oh, moment sh- yeah we yeah that was revealed recently so I mean obviously I O are gone from strength to strength but I, I just didn't never quite got into got got around to these I mean it. The old Hitman games, I played Hitman 2 way back when, quite enjoyed it. And then for that reason, I picked up Absolution, but I, I didn't enjoy Absolution at all. Um, and I, can, I, I don't think I'm on my own there because I, I think that's probably why Square Enix were willing to, to let the series go. But maybe they're, they're... I mean, don't get me wrong, Absolution had solid enough scores, but I don't think it did... Well, it felt um, gen- like there wasn't, there wasn't hit. Yeah. It wasn't hit money in the way the new ones are. It just felt yeah. like a general shooter story thing. Yeah, certainly. I think the new ones have certainly brought the the Hitman formula to to the next level, and and will continue to to do so. So, I mean, as I said, fair play to IO for going it out mm-hmm. there on their own and making a success of it. Exactly. I mean taking one IP and making it a success and you get a James Bond game, which may be a cursed chalice, but if you make the new golden eye, you you've become a legend. <laughs> um Dark Souls Free. Again, Souls games aren't my thing, but if you like Dark Souls, Dark Souls Free is Dark Souls. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get around to Dark Souls 3, I didn't get around to Dark Souls 2 for that matter, but I played the first Dark Souls and enjoyed it, and I mean, we know these games have their fans, and it's, an, it's a notable game of the generation for that, that reason. Yeah, um, Ratchet and Clank, um, again, PlayStation wouldn't be my cup of tea anyway, but it has its fans, and it's it, seemingly popular, and obviously the, the fanfare of the new one coming out soonish or early next year um yeah <laughs> that's pretty much all i got to say yeah i mean it was just it was, it was interesting at the time because obviously it was a, a kind of a reboot of the first game and it came out alongside the movie and the movie didn't do well but the game did quite well as <laughs> kind of a, a budget title um and so much so that it's it's it likely played its part and Sony finally picking up in Somniac and it's gonna its sequel, as you said, is gonna be one of the, the early games of the generation. Uh so it's probably I mean, the it's, most impressive looking game maybe with Demon Souls off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it look it does look it looks quite good and it, it's definitely taking advantage of the technology. Absolutely. Um Doom um, reboot. Uh, I can't remember if it was Bethesda's first. Actually, it would have been second um, after Fallout. Um, but Bethesda went to E3. First year, massive. Second year, Doom. Um, I played it a bit. I didn't finish it. It was impressive. But for me, it's like it's very good, but it's hard for a Doom game to keep my interest for that long. Maybe that's just me. It's obviously been a fantastically reviewed game, and so was Eternal. But I, I don't know. I think I may be just more of a Duke Nukem guy. <laughs> obviously, my disappointment of the 360 version of that, but I don't know. It's just strange. I never I never finished it, and it was impressive, but it just didn't grab me. I never even played it. I mean, I was so mm. excited about Doom at the time, and I just didn't get around to it. I recently put it to the top of one of my game piles so that I could could give it a go, and I, I might give it a little um, go after I finish mm. Horizon before I I start can't, Final Fantasy can't VII take remake. Is it <laughs> exactly? It'd be a nice little palate cleanser. To, I like to play kind of shooters that take a few hours in between, kind of big open world kind of RPGs. They're they're nice palate cleansers, so a bit more mindless. Um, so I may well give give that a go finally. But you know, there's no doubting um that it was a a big game this generation. And look at its sequel. You know, we were talking about the Game Awards earlier, and it's up for it. Doom Eternal is up for yeah. Game of the Year, so that that says it all. Exactly. You can't go wrong with chainsaw and stuff you just can't <laughs> um one of my favorite games of the gen and i'll probably even go play after we've done this podcast is overwatch again similar to uh rainbow six siege a game that's had a four gonna be rolling onto five year shelf life and it's still got a strong player base still decent streamer base and stuff like that it's it, it's really impressive because it obviously came out it was either the same day or same week as the 2K equivalent. I can't remember what it's bloody called. Oh, uh, oh Battleborn. Battleborn. And I was more excited for Battleborn. <laughs> I, paid, I paid full whack for Battleborn. Uh, I paid five euro for Battleborn and then just never bought it. I wanted to play that, it out of pure curiosity. That is still too much for Battleborn. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. 
<laughs> Good God. Yeah, it's... I wasn't really expecting much from it. And when I got it, it came and got, like, I think... I'm not sure if it was a special edition or everyone got it. You got in, like, a big rectangle box. You got, like, a... Um, I got a medal, like, some postery stuff. And it, it, I don't know, it just felt like a special game, and I didn't really have any hype for it. And when I played it, it was like... This is just so much fun. There's, like, character-based shooters. Obviously, it kind of... They were kind of bigger on PCs, like Moborish type games with uh, League of Legends, Smite, etc. And this is obviously more shootery than them. Um, but it just the character based shooter, it's just something not huge on the console market. And this was it. This is this is probably my with Titanfall. It's probably my second favorite shooter of this gen, if not top, because Titanfall had a shelf life, whereas I'm still playing Overwatch to this day. It's it's a fantastic game, and I mean, if we ever do a pre, if we do a preview of twenty twenty one and stuff like that, and Christ, if Overwatch two is at the game awards, holy hell, I'm gonna be excited. I know there's, I think there's BlizzCon in February, so it probably won't be, but I, I I really can't wait for the sequel of that game, and that's that's more single player stuff. So, Christ, I I, I love this game. I love this game. I'm looking forward to playing it now after this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, I love it as well. I mean, I, I, this was a gen where I didn't get in on as many multiplayer titles, um, mm-hmm, bar sure. Destiny and Destiny 2. Um, and so particularly a, a game that was competitive multiplayer only would have struggled to 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 take me in. But Overwatch managed it. I, I first played it. I obviously, I'd heard about it on podcasts and seen videos and the like. I knew it was popular. But um, I, Matt had it on his PC. I think he had um, the the beta on his PC at the time, and I played a couple matches. And I'm terrible at shooters on on PC, but nonetheless, I played. And I was like, "This is really enjoyable." So when it came out, and I, I knew he was interested in playing it, we we talked about it, and I said, "Like, I'll get it on PS4 if you get it on PS4." So he opted to get it on console instead of PC, and the two of us did play it quite a lot. And and this was also, you know, particularly special game for me because, you know, at the at the time, um, my nephew would have been nine. He was starting to come to that age where he could properly play games, and he was a big fan of Overwatch, and I'd play a lot of Overwatch with him, and I. I it was fun to to be able to to bond with him over over something, and I'm hoping we can play again together uh, when Overwatch Two comes out. Because I mean, after that, he got a lot of he got into Fortnite for a, a good period, and uh. I definitely wasn't <laughs> a big fan of Fortnite. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to Fortnite, but um, yeah, no, Overwatch is an amazing game, and I cannot wait for Overwatch Two. Good man. Uh, Mighty number nine and inside, you're going to have to fill me in with these. Mighty number nine was a disappointment. Um, it came from Keiji Nafune, the developer of the Mega Man series. Um, but given that there's collections that cover all, I think virtually all the the kind of classic Mega Man games um, available on the PS4 and Xbox One and Switch. I'd say play those instead. Don't bother with Mighty Number no. 9. It is 
absolute trash. The, the, you know, for for you know games that that were kickstarted, that were built up on kind of hype and nostalgia for an older game series, it's 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 probably the worst of them. It was shockingly bad. Big major disappointment. Oh, I saw this on another video talking about disappointing games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it was Looper or something like that. I did a video. Ah, yes, that rings a bell now. Um, inside, what, what, what is this? Crazy good. It's a, it's an indie title. One of the biggest indie titles of uh, the generation. It was up for kind of a lot of awards that year. It's from the same studio that brought Limbo, which obviously was a I know massively yes. popular. Exactly, you'll you'll know that it was a massively popular um, title, uh, indie title for the previous generation, and obviously was re-released on these consoles. Uh, Play Dead is obviously the developer. I think their next game is coming out next year. Um, I think it was one of the games. Remember that was it's one of the games that's taken advantage of that uh, publishing deal with Epic. Um, so um, we should see that next year. Um, but Limbo, or sorry, Inside rather, is an amazing game, and I would certainly recommend. I'd recommend giving it a picking it up, guy, and giving it a go because it's not that long. You could probably finish it in a, in a day, and if you enjoyed Limbo you will enjoy inside like it is it's it's just one of those games that's an experience to play i'll have a looky um overcooked um again it's probably i've not played it myself but it got awards for being one of the most fun multiplayer didn't it get multiplayer of the game of the year or whatever the hell the technical award is or maybe that was the sequel but the, the family game maybe i think it something might have won like the family that. game yeah, yeah. Oh. Not great fanfare but i mean not one i've played loads myself it's, oh, it's so much fun. If you've got someone to play it with, I think Matt and I played through the original Overcooked. We never got around to Overcooked 2. Um, at the moment, I mean, my my girlfriend has um, kind of expressed interest in trying games. She, she had a PS2 back in the day, but she never really kind of played games since. But she she knows how much I play them, and she said she'd like to, to play some games with me. And I'm, I'm thinking of trying Overcooked with her, and if she Get enjoys it, pod. maybe we'll, we'll move <laughs> on to, to Overcooked 2. So um, I'm looking forward to playing this one again. It is just so much fun. It's such a simple idea, but it's just so, so much fun. And I'm, I'm you know, as I said, I, I can't wait to play it again. Hopefully get on to the sequel, and I'm sure there'll be an Overcooked 3 in the future. Mm. I know they've released a kind of a, a collection of the first two with all their DLCs for the new new gen of consoles. So this series clearly isn't going anywhere, but just great game. And anyone who hasn't played it, get on it. Fun afternoon with a, a friend or family member or whatever the case might be. Great great experience. Nice, nice nod back to the old couch multiplayer days. Good stuff. Um, no Man's Sky. I mean, similar story with the division, I suppose. Um, a game that launched, uh, well, not even pre-launch. It was probably the most hyped game of this year uh, that we're talking about. Not not twenty twenty, obviously. Um, was meant to be PlayStation's huge exclusive in terms of literally game changing and everything. When it came out, disappointing. Um. 
I think this was one of the first podcasts I did when I took over one up, and I can't remember the bloke's name, but we he he reviewed it for me because it was a PlayStation. Um, he said it was fine if I remember correctly, but it's just nothing special, and obviously procedural uh, generated worlds and and stuff like that, and lack of multiplayer, which was promised if I remember correctly, is a game of over promising and not delivered enough, but. It's it's nice that it's recovered. It's taken a few years, probably took a couple of years, but it's re- it's recovered and now it's now it's in a very good place. And if it released like this, it probably be, would be one of the games of the gen. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a disappointment at the time because it promised more, and I, I think it suffered for how much Sony pushed it because obviously at the time it was a timed exclusive. Um, I I didn't play it myself, so I can't comment too much. But mm-hmm. it's been an interesting story to kind of watch from I, afar. I played it eventually, so yeah. Like, it's one of the greatest redemption stories mm-hmm. in, in gaming history. Um, now obviously games didn't really have quite the option, the the chance to redeem themselves in the past, but it's it's something we more associate with more modern games. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we talked earlier about how the division improved over time. I think, you know, this is likely the the best example of that No Man's Sky. Like, I mean, it's gone from strength to strength with all the the, the updates and the overhauls. And, I mean, the the VR even, people were big fans of that. I mean, fair play to the the studio for not not kind of giving up on it. And, and, you know, it would have been mighty tempting, I'd say, to move back to, to doing the simpler games they'd done in the past. But they obviously had a vision and they stuck by that and, and they, they brought the game on in the subsequent years. Yeah, and I, I just checked out a few curiosity. Uh, Hello Games, they released a game called The Last Campfire, um, which is a bit of a smaller game. Looking at this article and it says they're working on their next big project um, in, in quotes. So it'll be interesting to see if Hello Games can take the redemption of No Man's Sky and put it into another big project. Maybe not work as closely with Sony, Sony and get overhyped a bit, but it'd be interesting to see how they deliver the next big game because maybe they don't want to overhype it. But at the same time, with the redemption of No Man's Sky, it could it could be uh, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they're, they're a studio to to keep an eye on as, as things move forward, given how well they've done in, in overhauling this game. If they can do that from the start with a game, I, I'd be very interested in seeing how it's received. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on. Um, Gears, Gears of War 4. Um, I, I played it and finished it. Um, the coalition... Did you finish it on insane, guy? That's what oh, I'm God, about. no, Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, you're, like, I've finished all the previous Gears of War games on insane. Multiple times, solo for them. I think, I'm not sure the, the, the kind of little spin-off prequel game, which I can't even remember Judgment. offhand what it's called. Judgment. I don't think I did that solo, but I did the, the first three Gears of War games on insane solo. Not a bother. And and I, I do, I'll hold my hands up, I think my skills in terms of shooting games have depreciated since those days, but nonetheless, I, I would still think that, that I could, could, could do a, a shooter at the hardest difficulty, but I couldn't do insane. My friend and I were trying to do co-op, and like he's a much better gamer than even I, and even he said it was ridiculous. Like The difficulty of Gears of War 4 is just ridiculous 
ridiculous. And for that reason, it kind of put me <laughs> off finishing it. I never even got around to finishing it. Um, I also was quite disappointed with the lack of four-player local co-op. My friends and I went mm. to play it, only to realize that you can't. I know they brought it back for Gears 5, but I think that was an oversight, you know, to, to think that people wouldn't want that anymore. Yeah, I think that was kind of a lesson learned in the... Uh, what would you... This is probably more mid-gen, or really-ish, early mid-gen. Um, that was a lesson learned that split-screen is, is still popular. Um, I... As, as I was saying, I mean, Coalition's done a much better job with Gears than 343's done with Halo. That, that's for sure. Um, I finished uh, Gears 4. I don't think it's as good as the, the first trilogy. Um, but it it still felt like Gears, which is probably the most important thing when playing a new game, because Halo 4 and 5 don't feel like Halo. Um, for probably a more common example... The Star Wars sequels to me don't feel like Star Wars films. Probably the better comparison. Um, people might disagree with that. Fair enough, but for me, they just feel like generic shit films. <laughs> but that's a, that's another that's another pod and another discussion uh, that will take two hours. Um, but yeah, Gears Four. Gears Four was fine. I think the ending was quite weak. Um, I really need to finish Gears Five. But we'll come. I need Stark Gears Five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get, get get to that. Yeah, I think I was near the end. I just I, again, I was playing it with a mate, then he fucked off, being deployed at some place. The arsehole. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed Gears Four, but not as strong as the first trilogy. Um, but again, it's it, it's promising. It's promising. It'd be interesting to see if the Coalition have a future outside of Gears of War, but they'll probably have to rebrand to something else. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, Battlefield 1, um, we kind of mentioned the disappointment, or kind of alluded to the disappointment of EA shooters outside of Titanfall. Battlefield 1... Uh, Battlefield 1 was okay. I don't think people enjoyed it as much as Free for Bad Company, etc. But it, it was a nice change to um, a world. Uh, this was the World War One game, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed it, but I think I mentioned I mentioned like Titanfall and Overwatch, but like even the COD this year is terribly weak. I just, I just think the two big hitters in the, in this genre are kind of in a bad period, and I think one stood out because it was better than COD this year or in, in this year. So yeah, I, I enjoyed one, but. I don't think it was anything special, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I mean, I picked this up the following year because I, I remember it because I, I picked it up um, on Black Friday um, alongside my PS4 Pro. And I didn't quite get to it at that time, but I did uh, get to it, I think, early last year. Um, and I played through the campaign, did all everything you could as far as single player, really enjoyed it, went online and played a few games. And I enjoyed what I played, but I, I think that, you know, the lack of having people that I knew playing it, which I would have had with previous Battlefield games, kind of kind of held it back and meant that I, I didn't stick around the multiplayer for long. But it, it is, it was a good, it was a really good game. Um, still kind of waiting for Battlefield to kind of hit those heights again, as you said. Um, you know, there's, there's persistent rumors of Bad Company 3. I think that could be the way to go. I would be very intrigued by that if it does come to pass and, and 
we get our hands on it, then I, I would um, jump on it. But I think the next game obviously is supposed to be Battlefield Six, so I guess we'll be be waiting on that for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think the next Battlefield has to be good, I think, as well. Um, similar vein, COD Infinite Warfare. This was the one with Kit Harrington and Conor McGregor in. Story was... Meh. It was alright. It was... Well, it was there just to have Kit Harrington in. It, it, it was a COD campaign. It wasn't as good as 4, 5, 6, Black Ops, etc. And even, like, um, Modern Warfare, uh, which we'll eventually get to. Again, it was COD's horrendous lull period, um, and not nothing. No COD game will ever get to the peak of four, five, six, and the first couple of Black Ops. Let's be honest. Um, so yeah, just move on swiftly from that. Final Fantasy fifteen. This one's quite interesting because I hadn't really played a Final Fantasy game in it in ages when this first came out. Because fourteen was obviously the uh, MMO thing, which is obviously PlayStation and PC, so I didn't get a chance to play that. I'd probably enjoy that more than I did 15. Um, I got 15, I was really looking forward to it, enjoyed it, but I just didn't get around to finishing it, and I, I'm not sure why. I mean, maybe I'm just a, a retro whore, and I was, I was really looking... I know it wasn't on it, but I I prefer, like, the um, turn-based combat and stuff like that. I, I think as I mentioned on the podcast, like, a good few, even maybe a year ago, like, I, I, I replayed Final Fantasy VII and really enjoyed that, I started 9, I'll probably go back to that eventually, Um, but 15, it just didn't really click with me, maybe, maybe just nostalgia, and it can't really match up to 7 and 7, 9 and etc to me. I really enjoyed 15, I mean... I it's funny like you know we, we were, I remember way back when before I even had a 360 you know Square Enix revealed Final Fantasy 13 and Final Fantasy 13 versus which was what went <laughs> on to be Final Fantasy 15 and it just took them uh t- you know uh, 12 years or something to get it out to, to 11 years I think um it was insane never thought we were going to see the game but obviously we we eventually did um, and I remember at the time Final Fantasy Thirteen was disappointing to me. I mean, again, it's a very good game, but it was just so linear. Like people say that Final Fantasy Ten was linear compared to the previous games, but Final Fantasy mm. Thirteen makes that seem like an open world. Yeah, I think I played it's so so I linear. Yeah, I think I played ten and twelve if memory serves. <clears throat> yeah, twelve was twelve was one I've always wanted to get back to because I I never finished it, but um. But yeah, no, but when 15 finally came up, I was a little skeptical because the game had been in development mm-hmm. hell for so long and taken so long to come. But I really enjoyed it. And I just, like, I, I played it for over 100 hours and got the platinum. And I was just disappointed that there wasn't more. And then obviously they, they released those episodes and I meant to play them. And I, I am determined. They're one of, I've got so many <laughs> games on my backlist, but that is one thing. Those episodes are something that, that's on my kind of, I must get around to because I, I really, really enjoyed that game. And it's one of my favorite kind of Japanese RPGs, if if not mm. my favorite Japanese RPG um, of the generation. It had great fishing, I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, fishing. fishing. If it has a fishing minigame, it's, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. It's, I should really give it a go, another go, but I'd rather, play, I'd rather go play 9. Just, I think that's where I am with, with uh, 
Final Fantasy. Maybe one day I'll give 15 a go. Or if, if 14 ever comes to Xbox, I'll give that a go. Um, what are we up to next? Dead Rising 4. Dead Rising. Uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I included this because it was much like Rise of the Tomb Raider. It was another timed exclusive um, for Xbox. And although, again, it got decent scores and stuff, it seemed to just come out with like a whimper. You know, you didn't mm. hear much about it. Obviously, it launched for PS4 later, but I don't even remember ever taking note of the ps4 mm. version on a store or anything like it's just it's it's one of those weird games where i i think it just kind of got passed over for whatever reason yeah if i remember correctly this is the one where you play as like a mechanic rather than the mall uh, it was just more dead rising in a different setting that's probably the only way you can address it it was fine um but we'll move on because it's not really that interesting. The Last Guardian. Um, I Talk rem- about developmental hell. <laughs> yes. Um, again, <laughs> it shows how weak the Xbox has been this uh, this uh, this gen. Because another PlayStation. This this is the right game, isn't it? The one with the big ass flying doggo thing. It was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, t- have you played it? I hope you have. <laughs> I, I played it a little bit. Um, I, I meant to kind of get back to it. I mean, this was a game that, like, again, much like Final Fantasy, it had been in development forever. I mean, like, I, I think the, the, the project lead had left and then had come back in kind of a consultant role. It was a weird, weird cycle. And, and because of how long it had taken and all the things that happened in the background, everyone expected this to come out and I absolutely flop. I mean, people were just sick of hearing about it and just wanted to kind of come out so that they could move on to talking about other games. But it did quite well. You know, it didn't do as well as Shadow of the Colossus, but not many games do. I mean, Shadow of the Colossus is talked about as a contender for, you know, one of the best games ever, as as the game of the generation of kind of the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era. So you're not really going to ever quite live up to that. But the fact that it came out after such a long period and and was critically praised is is commendable and and is notable in its own right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always nice when games get out of development, developmental hell and uh, and do well. But I I'm so glad this game is last on the list, Carl. It, I it, put it in for you guys. Yes, and the people. Let's be honest, because. <laughs> We pro- this will probably be the last thing we talk about because it, it's been a long one. Stardew Valley. A game that should have no expectations whatsoever. I'm pretty sure it's made by one bloke. Um, or was made by one bloke, I should say. I, it's one of my games of the gen. <laughs> it's, it's just addicting, amazing fun about making a farm and going in mines and being friends with little farmers and stuff like that, it, it, it just goes back to your childhood in such a magical way. And I, I know I sound like a knobhead here, but it, it, if you've played Stardew, you understand because it's a fantastic game. Yeah, I mean, I I, I never got around to it, but it's one I've definitely admired how, from afar. How dare you? I know. <laughs> 
I mean, we know I've I've said many times on the show that you know when we've talked about different things that I I was a big fan of Harvest Moon growing up, um, played a lot of that back on the the PS One particularly, um, and obviously this is a game that's very much inspired by Harvest Moon, um, but also does its own thing with with the the kind of farming genre, um, I mean it, it's so impressive to, to you know it's one of those indie games that just did far better than it ever had any business doing and um, but and it's still going strong now like you still got people like yourself who will still pump hours into it so i mean it, it is it's a, it's very much a commendable title you 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 go play stardew like <laughs> screw horizon go play stardew it's better I played both. I can confirm it's better. <laughs> uh, but no, put it on your list and put it above Final Fantasy, Doom, and all that jazz. If you want a palate cleanser for After Horizon and Between Ghost or whatever you're gonna play, like there's literally no other perfect game than Stardew Valley because that that will. I mean, you'll probably play it more because of that addicting, but it, it it's a magical game. You need to go play it. Um, but that's it for 2016. I mean, we probably were aiming to get. Actually, we did do a couple of years, so fair enough to us. We'll 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 soldier on on the next pod. But um, for this year, Carl, I mean, what what would you be, what would be your pick of pick of the year game wise? Actually, no, well, there's two years. What am I going to? What well, would, obviously, what would be I, your I pick think for 2015? Clear, yeah. though, in fairness, that The Witcher is <laughs> 2015 yes. for us both. So we probably don't need to waste any time yes. discussing that. For 2016, hmm, that's that's a bit trickier. Um. I'm thinking, though, I mean, for me, there's there's two. You know, I got, uh, it's difficult to, to pick between them. Uh, Final Fantasy XV as a single-player game, I think, was, was probably my favorite game that year. And for multiplayer, obviously Overwatch. I mean, it, it was amazing. But but shout-out to Inside for being that little indie darling that I, that I enjoyed a lot. But, yeah, no, Final Fantasy fifteen and Overwatch would be my two picks. I, I can't decide between them. How about you? Well, seeing as you cheated, I'm going to cheat as well. Multiplayer Overwatch, <laughs> single-player Stardew. There we go. <laughs> it's a lovely way of cheating. Um, I'd probably pick Overwatch if, I, if you had a gun to my head and pick, maybe pick one just because... The longevity of it, but yeah, for, for what Stardew Valley is expected to be, maybe I would too, to be honest. Yeah, to put it to my head. but I'm, I'm I'm allowing myself to cheat. Exactly. As we've gone long anyway, you you mentioned you were going to bring up what you've been playing. Um, I assume I, was it Final Fantasy related? It was. It was a long time it, ago. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. So I mean, I haven't got around to finishing Horizon yet because I haven't gotten to play as much games as i'd like lately because i'm still in the process of, of painting a house that's that's fun but um when i have been playing games i've been playing final fantasy 14 which is bizarre i mean i've never really been one for mmos but a couple of my friends had played it in the past and one of them had been dabbling at it again recently and he suggested we all try it and my group of friends we we all jumped on and and have been playing and i'm quite enjoying it i mean it's it's such an easy game to play. I mean, you can just mindlessly be doing quests while you're listening to podcasts or watching Netflix or whatever. And then when your friends come on, you can get together and do a, a dungeon as a party. And that's a, a kind of fun, kind of almost OG experience. I never played Final Fantasy XI back in the day because my 
Mother wouldn't let was didn't trust her credit card on the internet, so I couldn't pay the monkey. I, so. I nearly bought that one by accident. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my friends put thousands of hours into it, and I used to watch him play sometimes for hours on end when I go over to his house. So I was very familiar with it, and I've kind of dabbled with like Guild Wars two and stuff in the past. But this is kind of my first deep dive into an MMO per se, and I, I am really really enjoying it but i do want to get back to horizon so i can finish it off <laughs> um but yeah no I'm, I'm really enjoying this how about you still plugging away at valhalla yeah i'm trying to finish that before um cyberpunk um i can't remember if i mentioned it last week last week i was in the process of 100 percenting every area yeah, I, yeah, I give up on that. <laughs> it's, it's just it's too much. Like, I think everyone's had that experience. Unless you're 100% the game. I think Origins and Odyssey, you started off with good intentions and then there's just so much to do. Uh, Have you made it to the northeast yet, though? I've literally, I'm literally, I'm in Jorvik now. So I can nearly get there. I, I might go, like, as soon as I've started, I, I think I've literally done the, about to do the first mission in Jorvik. So as, lo- as soon as I get, like, a few fast travel zones i'm going to find my spiritual house <laughs> that's yeah I, I that's that's what i'm looking forward to hearing you know your your take on finding your your the virtual version of your your home exactly in antiquity <laughs> i'm gonna guess it's gonna be a field <laughs> yeah maybe a little river running yes through. let's i will i will i will figure it out uh dear um but that is it. Um, as we said, uh, next week, uh, probably Thursday, Friday time, uh, we'll continue with the memories and maybe we'll spend a bit less on 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 the chat. But saying that, the game awards are on Thursday, so if there's loads of um reveals on that, that might take precedence, and we might just do one year of memories. But it gives us more pods to do, and as I'm, hopefully you got something nice to listen to. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get. Uh, some consistency back in this Uh, but that is it, thank you Carl and thank you everyone for listening goodbye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.